Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Cossade, S.J., Book 3, Chapter 1, Section 4, The Fourth Trial of Souls in the State of Abandonment. Conclusion The hearts of Jesus and Mary, bearing the fury of that darkest of nights, let the clouds gather and the storm rage. A multitude of things in appearance most opposed to the designs of God and of his order overwhelmed their faculties. But though deprived of all sensible support, they walked without faltering in the path of love and obedience. Their eyes were fixed only on what they had to do, and leaving God to act as he pleased with all that concerned them, they endured the whole weight of that divine action. They groaned under the burden, but not for a single instant did they waver or pause. They believed that all would be well, provided that they kept on their way and let God act. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This section four on the fourth trial, we've broken up into all these little parts because it's very, very important. And this last little paragraph, short as it is, teaches us that Jesus and Mary really did suffer. And among their sufferings was their recognition of all the sins that were happening, especially in the passion of Jesus. They knew this, as he says, a multitude of things in appearance most opposed to the designs of God and of his order. The killing of the Son of God, the mocking of God, the torturing of God, the ungratefulness shown towards Jesus by all those who condemned him. He came unto his own, and his own received them not. Our Lord, in his humanity, recognized these as offenses to his Father. He recognized them as acts of lacking gratitude to himself. Our Lady recognized them. And what do all these sins have to do with the designs of God and his, of his order? Well, in one way, nothing. God is not the cause of sin. And these things are, in appearance, most opposed to what God wants, which is love and obedience. And we need to remember that our Lord allowed himself to feel and to be aware and to suffer 
all these terrible things. He suffered more than anyone else, particularly because he more than anyone else knew how terrible the things that were happening were. Not to mention the betrayal of Judas. Not to mention all the people that would not respond to his loving sacrifice. All of these things weighed down on Jesus. And many similar things weighed down on Mary. And that's why Father Kassad calls it the darkest of nights. The hearts of Jesus and Mary bore the fury of that. The clouds gathered. Literally, when Jesus was dying, the sun was blocked out. The storm raged all around him. And this overwhelmed their faculties. Overwhelmed them. In the sense that there are some things that are so sad and so painful that even we can almost seem overwhelmed by them. That we seem to not be able to think or feel anything. Everything else seems blocked out. Because the enormity of what's upon us, the darkness that's upon us, is so great that nothing else can seem to get through. All sensible support, all the normal ways in which we are supported by what we see and taste and touch, our imagination, all that gets kind of blocked out. But what did our Lord and Our Lady do? They walked on without faltering and without even pausing. And what was their path? The path was love and obedience. And so as we ponder this mystery, we're being invited to ask Jesus and Mary to do what? To share with us their own hearts. That's why he uses the word hearts. The hearts of Jesus and Mary. They were unfaltering, unwavering. They endured the whole weight of all that God was allowing to happen. God was allowing all these terrible things to happen. And what did they do? They kept their gaze on his will. They kept their gaze on what they had to do. And if we can ask them to give us their hearts, that's the shortcut. That's the shortcut to holiness. That's the shortcut to heaven. Mother Mary, I want to love Jesus the way you did. I want to walk and follow him the way you did. Lord Jesus, I want to follow the Father's will like you did. I want to say yes like you did. And why do we want that? Because on our own, we can't do it. On our own, we, we can't be this heroic. And we don't suffer as much as they do, and no one suffers in exactly the same way, but we each have our own particular darkness. We each will have and are having our own particular cross, our own particular way in which we are allowed to enter into this darkness. But all things work for the good of those who love God. God the Father is infinitely powerful, infinitely good. 
And if we can keep on our way like Jesus and Mary did, and if we can allow them to keep us on our way by giving us their own love and obedience, and if we can let God act, then despite all appearances, despite how terrible things seem to be, despite how everything seems to be going contrary to what we think is right, then in the end, we will see the glory of God. Did I not tell you, Jesus told Martha and Mary, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And not only did they see their brother Lazarus rise, they saw Jesus himself rise. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.